Leviticus 7. This is the law of the trespass offering. It is most holy. In the place where they kill the burnt offering, he shall kill the trespass offering, and its blood he shall sprinkle around on the altar. He shall offer all of its fat, the fat tail and the fat that covers the innards, and he shall take away the two kidneys and the fat that is on them, which is by the loins, and the cover on the liver with the kidneys, and the priest shall burn them on the altar for an offering made by fire to Yahweh. It is a trespass offering. Every male among the priests may eat of it. It shall be eaten in a holy place. It is most holy. As is the sin offering, so is the trespass offering. There is one law for them. The priest who makes atonement with them shall have it. The priest who offers any man's burnt offering shall have for himself the skin of the burnt offering which he has offered. Every meal offering that is baked in the oven and all that is prepared in the pan and on the griddle shall be the priest's who offers it. Every meal offering mixed with oil or dry belongs to all the sons of Aaron, one as well as another. This is the law of the sacrifice of peace offerings, which one shall offer to Yahweh. If he offers it for a thanksgiving, then he shall offer with the sacrifice of thanksgiving unleavened cakes mixed with oil, and unleavened wafers anointed with oil, and cakes mixed with oil. He shall offer his anointing with the sacrifice of his peace offerings for thanksgiving with cakes of unleavened bread. Of it he shall offer one out of each offering for a heave offering to Yahweh. It shall be the priests who sprinkles the blood of the peace offerings. The flesh of the sacrifice of his peace offerings for thanksgiving shall be eaten on the day of his offering. He shall not leave any of it until morning. But if the sacrifice of his offering is a vow or a freewill offering, it shall be eaten on the day that he offers his sacrifice. On the next day, what remains of it shall be eaten. But what remains of the meat of the sacrifice on the third day shall be burned with fire. If any of the meat of the sacrifice of his peace offerings is eaten on the third day, it will not be accepted, and it shall not be credited to him who offers it. It will be an abomination, and the soul who eats of any of it will bear his iniquity. The meat that touches any unclean thing shall not be eaten. It shall be burned with fire. As for the meat, everyone who is clean may eat it. But the soul who eats of the meat of the sacrifice of peace offerings, that belongs to Yahweh, having his uncleanness on him, that soul shall be cut off from his people. When anyone touches any unclean thing, the uncleanness of man, or an unclean animal, or any unclean abomination, and eats some of the meat of the sacrifice of peace offering, which belong to Yahweh, that soul shall be cut off from his people. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, You shall eat no fat of bull or sheep or goat, the fat of that which dies of itself, and the fat of that which is torn of animals, may be used for any other surface, service, but you shall in no way eat of it. For whoever eats the fat of the animal which men offer as an offering made by fire to Yahweh, even the soul who eats it shall be cut off from his people. You shall not eat any blood, whether it is of bird or of animal, in any of your dwellings. Whoever it is who eats any blood, that soul shall be cut off from his people.
Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, He who offers the sacrifice of his peace offerings to Yahweh shall bring his offering to Yahweh out of the sacrifice of his peace offerings. With his own hands he shall bring the offerings of Yahweh made by fire. He shall bring the fat with the breast, that the breast may be waved for a wave offering before Yahweh. The priest shall burn the fat on the altar, but the breast shall be Aaron's and his son's. The right thigh you shall give to the priest for a heave offering out of the sacrifices of your peace offering. He, among the sons of Aaron, who offers the blood of the peace offerings and the fat, shall have the right thigh for a portion. For the waved breast and the heaved thigh I have taken from the children of Israel out of the sacrifices of their peace offerings and have given them to Aaron and the priest, Aaron the priest and to his sons as their portion forever from the children of Israel. This is the consecrated portion of Aaron and the consecrated portion of his sons out of the offerings of Yahweh made by fire in the day when he presented them to minister to Yahweh in the priest's office which Yahweh commanded to be given them of the children of Israel in the day that he anointed them. It is their portion forever throughout their generations. This is the law of the burnt offering, the meal offering, the sin offering, the trespass offering, the consecration and the sacrifice of peace offerings, which Yahweh commanded Moses in Mount Sinai in the day that he commanded the children of Israel to offer their offerings to Yahweh in the wilderness of Sinai. So we've just finished Leviticus 7, which has gone through the first, all the five different types of offerings and all the detail of how they're to be offered, how they're to be disposed of, some parts to be eaten, some parts to be burnt, some parts to be thrown out, um, the blood to be poured out, all the detail. And it all talks of Christ, and we've pointed out some of those aspects, but we've barely scratched it. And I suspect that if you were to spend, you could spend a lifetime digging into the book of Leviticus and you just find more and more of the Lord in it all. Um, so one of the things that you will have noticed in that chapter and a few other places is that the blood must never be eaten. The blood's always poured out. In some of the offerings, they weren't allowed to eat the fat, but in some of them they were. There are, there are various things they are or are not allowed to eat at certain times, but the blood is something they are never allowed. They are never allowed to, to eat meat with blood still in it. As it turns out, this is still a New Testament thing. What we're doing in the first five books of the Bible is going through what's called the law. And uh, Jesus referred to this in the New Testament. He would talk about the law and the prophets. Well, the law was these first five books, and the prophets is, you know, Isaiah and Ezekiel and Daniel and Jeremiah. There's lots of prophets. And the Old Testament was broken up into parts, the law, the prophets, and the writings. The writings was Psalms and Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Job, the wisdom books. So that's, they're the different categories of Old Testament books. So whenever you see the New Testament talking about the law, it could be a few things. It could be, you know, the law of the Romans. It could be talking about just the law of the, the world that they're living in. Or it could be talking about the law, these first five books of the Bible. 
or it could be talking about the law that's the law that's in these first five books of the Bible, or it could be talking about just legalism as an idea. So whenever you see law used in the New Testament, it could be any of these things. You've kind of got to know the context. And people, theologians and others, and especially just people who casually read the Bible, have gotten really confused about the idea of law. They mix up these various different things at different times. But Jesus said, he said that the law and the prophets speak of me. So here we've got all these Old Testament books, the first five books that speak of Jesus. But of course, in the law is the laws of God. There's lots of laws, and we've covered some of them in Exodus. For example, you know, don't cook a baby goat in its mother's milk. Sounds really cruel, but it's, it's a law that the children of Israel had to follow, but we don't have to follow it today. And so sometimes people ask questions, which laws do we have to follow and which ones don't we have to follow? That's a really interesting discussion. And for very many, other, for very many reasons that we won't talk about now, most of the laws we don't follow today. A lot of them are wrapped up in Christ. Some of them are ceremonial laws. Some of them are civil laws, like they were just for that country then. But there are occasionally a law that carries on. And this rule about not eating blood in meat is a thing that carries on. And uh, how do we know that? Well, we know that because it's in the New Testament specifically mentioned as a thing that carries on. And in the book of Acts chapter 15, there was a big discussion with the, the leaders of the early church. They were discussing all the Gentiles. These were non-Jewish people that were becoming saved. And what, what parts of the law should we make them follow? And the big discussion was circumcision, because that was the thing that God said to Abraham, circumcise all your offspring on the eighth day. And um, you know they were discussing, should we make these non-Jewish converts be circumcised you know, what parts of the Old Testament law should they follow? And in the end, they boiled it down to just a handful of things. And we, we can summarize basically um, basic two basic commandments from the law that follow through. And that is to avoid sexual immorality and to not eat meat with blood in it or not drink blood. And that's it. All the Old Testament laws, now obviously, there are many instructions we do get in the New Testament which are added, which are included, like love the Lord your God with all your heart and to go into the world with the gospel. So we have New Testament instructions, but we have these two Old Testament instructions carried over and one of them is not to eat meat with blood in it. Why that is exactly is a discussion for another video, but it's worth mentioning. So as we wrap up these first seven chapters of Leviticus where we've covered the five main types of offerings, I want to read to you from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It says, this is Paul, He's therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So we don't just look at these Old Testament sacrifices and say, oh, you know, that was back then, there's no offerings we have to make now. In one hand, that's kind of true, because Jesus has offered himself and he is the one sacrifice for all time. There doesn't need to be another sacrifice. But at the same time, there are things we offer to God. 
spiritual sacrifices. And Paul said that we should offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, and he says this is our true, proper worship. In other words, worship isn't just coming to church on a Sunday and standing up and singing some songs. That's part of worship. But no, worship is the the giving of your life to God and saying, Lord, I want to live for you. I want to follow you. I'm going to do what you say. I'm not going to be worldly. I'm not going to follow what people around me do. I'm going to control my language. (laughs) I'm going to be mindful of how I act. I'm not going to get involved in sexual immorality. Um, You know, I'm going to live a life that pleases God. And that is being a living sacrifice. It's obeying the Lord. It's being prayerful. it's, It's seeking Him being mindful of his word, wanting to know what the Bible says, getting his word into you, being hungry for God. This type of life is a living sacrifice. And so even though the Old Testament sacrifices had a a point and they were to teach us about Christ and Christ is the fulfillment of them, they also teach us that we should be making sacrifices and offerings to the Lord too, the offering of our lives. So Heavenly Father, help us to offer you a living sacrifice, to live for you, a pleasing sacrifice, to not be worldly, to not be caught up on the things that are all around us, but to give to you, Lord, a a clean heart and a pure heart and pure desires to seek to know you. Give us this grace, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.